Hello and welcome back to another episode of the 2.1 cast. I'm your host Neil Murray and we're back to full strength this week. Stefan, it's good to have you back. How are you doing? I'm good. I mean, I know I took a little extra winter break than some others, but uh, I'm I'm replenished. That's good. Well, you've not called off like the Rangers getting beef game. <laughs> You're not trying to start your car in the corner of my flat to, to heat up the floor. No, I was probably just as rough as the uh, and beef pitch by the time Christmas and New Year's. I, I heard you were doing like a Peter Rose and Wingy and you were hanging around outside the Terrace podcast trying to get a last ditch move. Before <laughs> 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 to be fair, Jimmy Bell did come up here before and try to call off the podcast with you and I had to tell him to leave. So, um, yeah. I really had no idea where you were going with that. I kind of suddenly remember that story. <laughs> Oh, well, there we go then. Lovely start. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Back to Scottish football. Yeah, back to Scottish football. Um, I was going to say, actually, I'll stand there outside a car park somewhere and someone hit me with a dildo. <laughs> okay, right, so another, back to Scottish football. Another transfer window uh, classic story. Um, yeah, so you can enjoy more of those in the next couple of weeks as the transfer window is still open. Uh, yeah, we're gonna, well, we've got a full card of games coming up this week, but we're going to focus on something a wee bit different this week. We're going to look at, um, well, actually, the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at kind of standout performers... Uh, in the Scottish Premiership so far. So I think this week we're going to focus on just goalkeepers and defence and then next week it will be uh, midfielders and attackers. So yeah, we'll, I think we'll start off, well might as well just get into it, start off with goalkeepers I'm guessing if anybody wants to wants to jump in. Uh, I'll go for it. Uh, so I'm going to go for Liam Kelly okay. Livingston. I think he's really caught my eye this season. I think he's been great. Uh, so he's... 22 years old and he's just joined permanently from Rangers this su- in the summer there. He spent last season just basically brought in the reserves, didn't get a game, don't think he even made the bench uh, at any point during the season. And But before that he was part of, he was also part of Livingston's uh, titles, uh, success when they won the League One title. So he's been in the club before, you know, he knows the club, obviously he's a different manager now, but you know, a, a lot of the core of that team are still there, particularly in defence, and obviously that's served him so well ever since they've been, you know, rising up the leagues. And yeah, he's been really great. I mean, in, in terms of just actual goals in he's conceded 19 goals this season. Only Craig Gordon and Alan McGregor have conceded fewer goals, and they're doing it for teams, the two best teams in the league by a, by quite some distance, or at least on paper anyway. Um, so yeah, in, he's doing really well. And then in terms of his expected goals as well, so when you break it down to sort of per 90, he's conceding 0.84 goals per 90. And his expected goals against is 1.21 goals per 90. So that's a difference of plus 0.17, which I think is the highest in the league. Like, Hartsage's Lamau, he might just have the edge there. But, I mean, apparently, you know, if we learned anything from last season, it's that apparently the Tynecastle goal is just charmed. And, like, (laughs) you know, like, you know, because it seems like I'm a John McLaughlin again, they had a huge expected goals against, but a, a much smaller goals against. So, Maybe it's just something in the air at Tynecastle. But, yeah, so as I say, Kelly, he's overperforming. He's, in terms of the actual shots that he's stopping, he's also just not letting any in <laughs> in terms of, like, you know, take away from stats, in terms of just pure goals against. He's doing great. Mm-hmm. And he's a really good prospect, which makes you wonder why Rangers let him go in the first place. Like, yeah, okay, they've got McGregor, even Fodderingham, you could argue he's a better goalie. But he's 22 years old. He's came from the Youth Academy. And they've let him leave for tuppence. And it seems like, you know, even if they just said to him, look, McGregor's going to be going in a couple of years' time because he's retiring or whatever, you know, that jersey will be there to be fought for. I think it's a mistake letting him go, personally. And I, I think it's really great to see him flourishing at Livingston. Yeah, I mean, I think, I guess, 
it's interesting you bring up the hearts thing actually because I feel like um, we always had this constant conversation about McLaughlin last season was you know because obviously his expected goals against is the team's expected goals against so the defence obviously plays some part in that yeah. so you have to kind of figure out you know is he just basically being protected by a great back line or is mm-hmm. he actually pulling off great saves and things um, but you know at the end of the day in that Livingston team they're not blessed with a huge squad they're not blessed with a huge amount of confidence that they, they should have anyway but they do and it's impossible I think for that Livingston team to function without a decent goalkeeper there so it's not as if he's just some chancer who's sitting behind a really good back line. He's obviously pulling his own weight. He obviously has to de- uh, defend his own goal mouth and has to have a certain presence about him so that Livingston can play the kind of football they do, which is often very deep, hit on the counter-attack. He has to make sure he gets the, the crosses, shots, whatever. Like That entire team structure doesn't work if you've got a goalkeeper mm-hmm. flapping every cross, does it? No, you're right. I mean, Livingston play in such a particular way and they're such a compact side that if one cog isn't working, yeah. whether that be in the middle of the park or um, Kelly and goals it will have the same impact um, and you're right they've got we'll, we'll go into defence <laughs> later the likes of Halkett and Lithgow and Gallagher who are all great and have had brilliant seasons and as a three are absolutely unbelievable uh, and have been so effective at not just the lower league levels but now proving themselves at Premiership which shows that if you've got that kind of cohesive unit it, it can work and players can up their game but I think Kelly is just as important part of that and I'm sure we'll talk about this with perhaps the other keepers as well but having that confidence in your keeper that when eventually your defence is breached that there is another line there where he is a good shot stopper and he pulls off saves that you perhaps wouldn't expect him to um, that, that's that's excellent it's what a team like Livingston need as well mm. it, it, as you say Stefan it wouldn't work just to have a solid defence because even if your defence is the best defence in the league they're going to be beaten at times and that's when you really prove your worth as a goalkeeper particularly for a side that let's be honest Livingston should be fighting against relegation given that they're had back-to-back promotions. They've got a tiny playing budget. They've got a tiny playing squad in comparison to most other teams. Don't have a youth academy. They don't have a youth academy. Exactly. <laughs> they, they changed manage. They lost Hopkins. Then they changed the manager again. All signs pointed to them struggling. But the likes of um, the defenders, but also Kelly and goals, as a huge part of the the reason it, that it works. And um, they can play in the way that they play. And they are sitting um, just outside the top six. I, I think as well, just the fact that. I, mean, I don't mean to repeat myself, but you know, he went a year without playing, and then this is him in his first season in mm. the Premiership, mm. and he's killing it. He's been absolutely brilliant. I think that that How makes him really stand out. Twenty-two, yeah, twenty-two years old. So like, you know, he's still really young, especially for a goalkeeper. Mm. First season in the Premiership after having not played senior football in a year, and I would say he's up there in terms of the most highest performing goalies in the league. Mm-hmm. I feel like your examples maybe blown mine out of the water in the sense of like. What I, the arguments I was going to lean on the gears, you, I was going to go with the kind of the youngish, inexperienced-ish player goalkeeper who stepped into the four, and you basically just blew that by going even younger, even less experienced. But um, I'm going to go with Zando Clark for this one at St Johnston, um, and I feel like this this podcast isn't really meant to be like definitive best goalkeepers I think I'm pretty sure Neil's probably going to name who we all think probably has been the best goalkeeper this season uh, in the Premiership but I think Xander Clark deserves praise at the very least because um, St Johnston are ninth in the division for goals conceded this season but Xander Clark is fifth for the amount of saves he makes per game so it's not probably as technical as the compar- as the data that James used to make his point but basically it's saying that he's you know, he's he's the fifth busiest goalkeeper in a team that um you know 
I've, of course, I've really hard to explain this actually. <laughs> Basically, he's 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 making more saves um, than uh, he probably should do, and therefore, like St. Johnson aren't conceding as many goals. Um, you know, he, I think we've mentioned Xander Clark a few times last season in the sense that he was a bit part player at St. Johnston. He only made about eighteen appearances over the league. I think he made sixteen in the league and two in the cup. And he was always kind of seen as this future replacement for Manis. Um, I think it was either you, uh, James, or maybe it was Stevie Grieve. I think, I think Stevie Grieve wrote a really good piece for the website last week season when he was saying how Tommy Wright really had to basically build a new squad. And we've seen that. He made some really astute signings, but I think one of the most underrated things about the St. Johnson team, who are doing really quite well, actually, amidst the table, which is where they probably can hope to be, uh, is that Clark's just came into that goalkeeping position, replaced Manis, and it's almost been seamless. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I, there's probably there's probably different ways to say other goalkeepers have had a better season, but I think for our St. Johnson team, who are probably paying at peak capacity, um, I think Clark's been probably a really underrated player for them, and he's done a great job in just kind of slowing into that place that Manis has moved on from. But, I mean, even when you think about Clark, when... McLeish was announcing his squad for the Nations League. Mm-hmm. I mean, St. Johnson fans were fuming that he didn't get in. Tommy like, Wright was fuming as well. Shocking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, these, these are the guys that watch him week in, week out, you know, because I'm not, I, yeah, of course, I don't watch him every week, but mm. I, I see him every now and again. But I do think that, yeah, I mean, like that's obviously, you know, your, your own teams are always going to push for you to get included in these squads. Yeah. But he certainly is worthy of being in that well, discussion. Here's the know? thing, James, who would you, who would you on, Form maybe at that point in the season, even at this point in the season, who would you choose, Scott Bain or Xander Clark? Well, yeah, I'd pick Xander Clark because yeah. he's actually played. That's it, exactly. And then I think you do have an argument there. Now, I don't always agree with this argument, but that definitely for me was picked on the fact that that was a player from the old firm. Because you can't tell me at that point in the season, I'm not saying you, I mean in the Royal U, <laughs> um, that he deserved to be the squad over Xander Clark. Xander Clark was probably the best keeper, well, maybe minus a couple of keepers, but he was definitely one of the best keepers in the league. He was probably the best he's played in his career. He was a big part of St. Johnson being so successful. Don't forget they went in that run, uh, a few, I mean, they've been lost and drawn a couple of games since then, but went in that run after they get thumped off Celtic and had six clean sheets in a row and then yeah. losing six games. And, that, and a huge part of that was, was Sander Clark. And um, I think, yeah, I think I'm kind of stealing your point in terms of, of course, yeah, you're you're wanting your own club's keeper or player to be called up, but I think in this case, who is he really losing out to? I don't think it was particularly fair. Um, yeah, Gordon and McGregor, fair enough, they're both better keepers, but maybe apart from John McLaughlin, but we don't really know if he's in the same form as he was for Hearts last season. I don't know. I think it's a very strong case from being in that Scotland squad. And I've just totally ruined your point. And I'm really sorry. <laughs> not uh, right. no, not who, who's yours then? Well, I'm just, I, mine's a total cop out compared to you two. So I'm going to go with the elder statesman of. Gary Woods. Yes. Um, <laughs> no, Andy Gorham. No, uh, Gary um, Woods is fucking. Good. <laughs> no, no, not Gary Woods. What's the. Yeah, the, the Hamilton goalie. Yeah, yeah, that's your boy. Gary Woods yeah, yeah, yeah. is fucking awful. Um, hey, sorry, you're, Gary, you're, if you're <laughs> listening, uh, I'm sorry about that. Okay, um, no, I'm going to go with Alan McGregor. Um, now, that may seem really obvious, but I think also, we already spoke before we started recording, there's going to be some players where it's going to be hard for us to maybe not all mention them because um, they particularly stood out in the first half of the season. McGregor's one of those, and we, we've all said uh, multiple times on this podcast, um, we maybe kind of take back how harsh we were when it was announced that he was coming back to the club. I, I particularly put my hand up and say that um, 
when Rangers announced they were going to sign him, I thought this is just so necessary. Fodging is a good keeper. Um, how much of a difference is McGregor really going to make? It will probably be high wages. He's on the kind of tail end of his career, but um, I think there's a very strong case to make that he's been Rangers' best player, maybe mm-hmm. minus Morelos. Um, in fact, I'd probably say that's the case. It will only be really between those two. Yeah, I mean, I know this is meant to be specifically about Premiership games, but I think. And so I this points kind of mute. I, I think but, I've got it written down as well. Yeah, yeah, but like just the sheer amount of games that either, that McGregor either helped Rangers win or draw in Europe mm-hmm. this season was remarkable. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the other one that stands out for me is as well. And um, and and thing is, it's important to an old firm fan how even if you lose in an old firm game, of course it's better to to lose by a smaller margin. In that first game of the season, it easily it was essentially the reverse of what we just saw over the over the Christmas game. Celtic absolutely pummeled Rangers and a big part of the reason it wasn't another 5-0 drubbing like it was under Marty or, or Cacinha was because McGregor pulled off a couple of brilliant saves um, and I actually think it, his stats are decent like he's got slightly like uh, they, they concede like slightly less uh, fewer goals than they're meant to or whatever but mm-hmm. the, the big thing for me is the fact that their defence they've needed some time to bed in and They've had some decent performances, their defenders, but away from home, Rangers have looked dodgy. Um, and I think, even though they've had tons of poor results on the road, I don't. I think it'd be significantly worse if if McGregor wasn't there. Um, and I think he's just such a big presence in terms of uh, these big games. He's he's been there uh, when Rangers um, were were at the top and were beating Celtic. And I, I just think um, it's very very hard to argue against him being the best at the moment. I, I mean. And I don't know if we're going to give an honourable mention to Craig Gordon. I think it's really easy to not, but I think actually he was excellent in that old firm game at, at Christmas. Yeah, um, I do, but I, I do think uh, compared to to him, I'd say McGregor's got to be Scotland's number one as well. Like, um, I just think like the level of consistency that McGregor yeah. brings, like that's like that's his greatest asset. You know, every single game he's going to give you a seven out of ten minimum. Like I can't remember him having one bad game for Rangers, and like that's the main difference between him and Fodder. He's making a blunder this week. It's, 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 <laughs> it's the main difference between him and Gordon as well. I think the silver bullet for Craig Gordon's reputation is that he does have that clangor in him. Yeah. And I've just never known McGregor to have that in him. Yeah, yeah I agree. With it's that. as simple as that, really. Yeah, that's fair enough. Because I remember like before, like people were always just, oh, he's a good shot stopper, but he's maybe not as good as crosses. And I don't even think you can say that now. I don't actually think he's got. Rangers in general aren't very good at crosses. Yeah, so <laughs> actually he's on brand. Uh, <laughs> but I, I do think by by a, quite a bit, if you were choosing the top eleven, he he's the keeper I'd want at this stage in the season. Might be different come the end of the season when we do another one of these mm-hmm. podcasts and look at overall performances over the thirty eight games. But. Um, I think even the European point, Stefan, is important because you kind of carry that momentum into the league. And if you can draw with like a Villarreal in Spain, you're trying to tell me that's not going to give you kind of confidence as a new team and young defenders like a Katic um, going into like games against like a Kamarnik or an Aberdeen or whatever. Um, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. Excellent. Cool. Um, <laughs> we all agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's move on to defence. Unless it's, the only honourable mention I actually had was Sander Clark. Um, um, not, not that Kelly didn't deserve a mention but I just think Xander Clark um, maybe stats aren't as, as, as good mm-hmm. on the face of it as Kelly but I think he's been excellent and so important for St Johnston this season Yeah, I mean I think the Premiership as a whole wasn't great for goalkeepers by and large uh, but I, I know we kind of made, made a joke about him earlier on but I actually think 
Bain gets a wee bit, just because he's fresh in the memory, because he made an amazing save against Sergio in the like, Scottish like, Cup like game. Five. Yeah, he made like five. Like yeah. Seconds, yeah, and he's done it two or three times for Celtic. Where when he's had when he has been called up, he's done really well actually. So I'll give him a wee bit. Not not by any means seen as one of the best. No, no, you're right. Yeah, maybe I was being a bit harsh. I think it was just more at that point he'd played such little game time, and to say he should have been in the squad over Clark, I think was a bit harsh. It's maybe off that one Morelos centre save. I just remember yeah. at the time being absolutely non-plot. Just couldn't care less with the argument because like. Arguing over the reserve goalkeeper in an international game is just so pointless because so it's, Scottish. It's like arguing. Over, it's like it's basically who's arguing over who gets to be the mascot or something like it's. But then what about you call up Zander Clark? He gets like a half and he's absolutely amazing. And then that's when we've got two other really old goalkeepers. I know. And also Perthshire are raging. You can't just pat them off. <laughs> the Kingdom of Perth is not happy. It was a kingdom. But there you go. Um, okay. We'll go to defenders then. Uh, Stefan, would you like to start? Oh, right, okay. Um, you don't have to be the one to. No, mine's, mine's actually really boring. Um, I've, I've, gone, I've done the nail option and just gone for like the, the, the outstanding obvious one, which is obviously uh, Benkovic at Celtic. Um, I feel like when one of, the down, one, of the, one of the things that stats are very good at, I find is in trying to illustrate how good a defender for the best team in the league is compared to the rest of the league. And what I mean by that is if you look at total interceptions, total defensive actions, total headers, things like that, teams for, for example, defenders for like a Celtic aren't usually top of that because Celtic don't really have to do too much defending yeah. week in, week out. But one thing that Benkovic is undoubtedly the best at in the division is when he has to make a defensive action, he wins... 48.9% of those and that is a league high uh, the next person below him is Bayata and he's a good 9% below him so that means if one out of every 10 defensive actions by Benkovic is making over the second best defender in the league and just even stepping away from the stats for a minute I just think Benkovic has just revolutionised that Celtic defence um, again unfortunately I have to maybe reference some European games which isn't really fair but I don't I remember just watching those European games and and I know Celtic were a bit wobbly throughout the kind of group stages, but I just felt like I can't remember the last time I've watched Celtic in Europe and not and not even thought about a defensive line. The way Benkovic has just totally settled that team. He's totally settled Boyata as well. Um who would have been a close second for me if not for those really dodgy performances against Rangers in the old firm. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um and I think that's basically it to be honest with you. I mean, um to give some, um, so yeah, so the stats in general are, um, he's topping the division for defensive action wins, so that means, you know, attempted interceptions, attempted tackles, attempted headers, when you break it down to headers alone, he's fifth in the division for uh, percentage headers won, so he's great in the airs, and, you know, this really is probably the highest praise you can give anyone in Scotland, but when I watch him play for Celtic, it does remind me of Van Dyke at Celtic. And I know Van Dyke's literally the best, probably the best, at least the most expensive defender in world football, so that's, you probably can't go higher praise than that, but the way he just kind of swans through games, the way he's clearly a level above it, the way he just calms everyone else around, about around him, and it's not just like a pure physical thing, he reads the game so well, and Celtic have just built their squad off him this season, and, and I'm usually quite sceptical of loan signings for Celtic, teams like Celtic, because I just think it's a short-term thing, but Benkovic is... 
he's he's probably too good for Celtic. I mean, to honest with you, he's far too good for Scottish Premiership, in my opinion. He's he's too good for the Celtic team as well. That's how that's how much I say he's just been fantastic. So slightly better than Martin Comper then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, get, yeah. I get what you mean with like the sort of shades of Van Dyke thing, mm. and that, like you know he's really good on the ball as well. I mean, I've not got the yeah. stats to hand, but I'm sure he's one of the best passers of the ball in the league as well. Like I, I think his. I'm sure his passing accuracy is above 90, 90%. He's fourth in the division for passing accuracy mm, on go. 94%. Do you know who's above him? Jack Hendry. Jack <laughs> <laughs> Hendry, wow. Let's shut down. Let's yeah. shut so down. I'm going to suggest sure. Jack Hendry. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember that first game, I think the first main game I saw him play was Rosenberg. It was, I think it was maybe Europa League. They played in so many competitions against Rosenberg, I can't remember. But mm. he, he just, he, he, it was like Celtic had never, not really had that before and he made Boyata better as a result. I mm. actually think as well, playing alongside him because Boyata is a, as a good defender um, sometimes in the big games he can be found wanting but bottom line Boyata when he's on his games a brilliant defender but with Benkovic next to him that's the best that Celtic defence has looked in actually quite a few seasons and I know Ayers still a prospect and he's obviously great with the ball at his feet great coming out with the ball and driving forward but I think you're right I mean I'd be very surprised if we saw Benkovic at Celtic next season um, yeah one thing I'll add to that actually just when you were talking there he's third in the division for uh, third in the division for most accurate long passes and most accurate passes to the final third as well yeah. and to add to the Ayer thing actually I kind of took it a different way I think Ayer's actually slightly regressed this season maybe it's because he's not played as much but I feel like last season like god he's going to be such a good player Benkovic has since stepped in and I feel like he's shown the real stark contrast between a really top class mm-hmm. centre back and maybe what Ayer has to step into yeah maybe like what that's, <laughs> Rogers is just like Ayer to Ayer that's what you've got to be yeah. um, um it's a tough one for Celtic though I mean kind of just looking forward slightly before we move on but if say Boyata was to, to go um, which is by no means out of the question and Benkovic doesn't extend that's, that's a big gap to fill because yeah. they, they are both really high quality defenders at this stage you're probably um, talking about like the best part of 40, 40 million pounds worth of talent yeah there. and that's you just can't really replace that can you you've just got to do what Celtic do very well which is n- nurture young talent and get into that stage but uh, who would you like to add to the list, James? Uh, I'm going to go for Ryan Porteous. Okay. Hebs. Interesting. <laughs> I think I, I've, just, I've been really impressed with him this season. Um, you know, he's been given a lot more game time. Uh, you know, he's been. I think that will continue now that Ambrose is away as well. Mm-hmm. It looks like sort of uh, Porteous McGregor will probably be the main starting centre backs for Hebs going forward. Um, I think you know he's improved a lot since last season as well I mean he's getting a couple more headers every game um, he's, do, he's doing fl- slightly fewer defensive duels but he's doing both these things a lot more successfully um, and even in terms of aerial duels I mean he's brilliant in there he's, yeah. the, he's got the ninth most aerial duels uh, in the division um, I think you know he's really dominant in there but he, he can be a bit too aggressive sometimes, and I think you know, we've a got a little ball buster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it maybe needs to rein that in a wee bit. But I mean, I was reading about Darren McGregor the other day saying that you know he doesn't see him as being that far behind the likes of Scott McKenna or John Suter. Yeah. I mean, okay, fair enough. That's his teammate. He's going to stick up for him. But I, I really think that you know he's only nineteen. Mm-hmm. He's nineteen years old. Like there are very few teenagers. There are defenders that he made play his debut regularly. Hibbs probably within the last twelve months, maybe not debut, but I remember yeah, he only break, break into the squad. Yeah, it's about this time last, last year. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think he called up. I remember Paul Hanlon's wife, and he went into labour, and it was like a Friday night. He could call into playing as Kilmarnock. I think it was that game that Lennon got sent to the stands. Really? So yeah, so I think he was still like kind of not a fringe player. Well, I suppose it was fair to say he's a fringe player last season, yeah. but he's really 
Like yeah. so he's coming to his own. He's really making a claim to be one of those two starting centre backs for Hibs, which I mean, at nineteen is just crazy because Hibs are still a great side. Yeah, I, I think that I think that sort of going forward, I think this is he's going to be sort of the next player to have come out of Easter Road Youth Academy. It's been a while since they've had someone that's like John again, like last the, season. I know he's no, he's Steve Irwin, though. You know, like, right. I mean, talking about somebody that's developed from their own youth academy. Stephen Wecker. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you got me there. <laughs> but Can I, think... I step in with a funny anecdote about Stephen Wecker? Oh, here we go. Oh, here here we go. Here we go. Woods, so, he uh... was doing it. No, actually, it's nothing really dodgy. It's just that recently uh, at work, you were doing an interview with him, and he said how um, he wanted to go to coaching, and he said something along the lines of, I'm not really sure what I'm good at yet. And I was like, isn't that just the perfect way to sum up Stephen Wecker as a player? In the sense of like, you never actually knew what he was good at. But he's still, still six. He still managed to play at the, like the highest level. <laughs> Do you know, like, he's, like or, or he's, he, he's good at one thing, blagging himself. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he's a dribbler, but I was like, that just totally sums him up as a player. You, yeah. you, you don't actually know what he's good at. Tenacious. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, totally, totally derailed things on you back to Portis. Yeah. Uh, well, just saying that, I think that, yeah, basically the extra responsibility he's been given this season, that he seems to really be thriving off the back of it. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, I think there's a future Scotland international in there. I agree with Dan McGregor in that sense. And I don't think he's done too much wrong this season. I mean, yeah, sometimes he needs to sort of calm down a wee bit, but he's young, that'll come with age, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think that Neil Lennon is definitely getting the best out of him. And I think so long as Lennon's remains at Hibs, like that will continue. And I think, yeah, I think he's got a really bright future in the game. Well, yeah, Andy Murray's got part to play it as well, because obviously they posted and said that Andy Murray had kind of been in his ear when he was younger as well. So well, Andy Murray's his agent, technically. Yeah. His, his agency is Andy Murray owns the agency that represents him. Ah, that's yeah. right, yeah. Um, he seems to know him quite well. but uh, Yeah, but that just totally sums up, though. I think I, I actually completely agree with James's optimism about the kid. I think he's going to be a huge talent. Yeah. I mean, he's got three years on Scott McKenna. You know, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, nineteen to be playing at that level at nineteen, and yeah. it's not even as you say, it's not even just like he's getting the odd run out when they're playing against lower league opposition, or it's the last ten minutes. He's like becoming fast, one of the first names in that team sheet, and vital to the team. Yeah, doing well, and he and he seems to relish it as well. Mm-hmm. Like he really <laughs> seems to, as we all know, like and that in that Rangers game, and he's like laughing at Morelos on the floor, like best striker in the yeah. league, and he's laughing. You know, it's is it just me or has that became a thing this season? Where a defender will sort of you know, stand over a, a player that they've just injured, or not even always the defender. I was, I was about to say, yeah. yeah, but it, it seems to be. I think you see that photo all the time now. It's different faces. I blame Scott Brown. Scott Brown started it, and it's just become one whole big thing. The pose is always the same. It's always them to start standing menacingly over them, just laughing mm-hmm. at someone riding around in pain. I think it's a new. I think it's been a consequence of referees getting tougher on diving. So back in the day, diving was more. I think you know since when diving first came about, referees were then have now since been like right. I need to take a stronger stance in diving, right, okay. or I have to be more, I have to be more careful about giving a dive away. If you know what I mean. Okay. So you so now per game you get more players who dive and the referee doesn't give it. So there's more opportunity for the because once the referee doesn't give a dive, Dobson player opposition players right in his face. <laughs> I think that's happening more often. Yeah, I'm enjoying it though. Yeah, me too, yeah. Um, yeah, more laughing, please. Um, well, we've obviously said the best to last. Um, right, okay, let's hear it. I'm going to maybe oh, God, unsur- un- unsurprisingly go for Craig Halkett, um, since he is bae. Surprised you didn't think him in goals as well. <laughs> um, no, to, in my defence, 
And that, you're, you're his agent. I'm his agent. <laughs> uh, and the stats really do make for quite good reading for Craig Halkett. So I would say honourable mentions for his for, for Lithgow and Gallagher as well. Um, <laughs> and just the whole Livingston set. The whole Livingston. I love Livingston. Livingston as an area. Um, <laughs> MacArthur Glen Outlet. No. Um, yeah. No. Um, so in terms of defensive duels, in the, he's in the top 30 for overall defensive duels. Uh, he wins a third of these, which makes him in the top 10 for most successful in winning those. Um, He's, no one in the league makes, has made more interceptions this season than Halkett. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also in the top 10 for how many per 90 he makes. So that's uh, nearly seven per game on average. Uh, in the air, he's not too shabby either. Uh, he's fourth in the league for overall aerial duels. And again, he's in the top 20 for uh, percentage ones. So he's just under 66%. So two thirds of headers he wins. Uh, block shots, no one's blocked more shots this season than him either. Um, and then again, his distribution's pretty decent as well. Um, the other thing I, th- I looked at as well was he's not missed a league game. He's played 90 minutes in all 21 league games for Livingston. That's um, impressive. And I just think he's absolutely vital to what they're doing. We're talking about Kelly and goals, but Halkett is that kind of organiser, and I would say probably the most talented at that kind of back three, and that's not taken away from Gallagher or Lifko. They're great defenders in their own right, but I think he's more of a complete and well-rounded player and he's a bit younger and yeah he's only 23 yeah, I totally he's, forgot I just assumed he'd be like this nah. older like lower league statesman sort of thing nah, he's, he's another one that Rangers let go for nothing yeah uh-huh. um, and I, I just really do think he will get a I could see like a heart signing him when uh, Berra goes or something well, like that his contract's up at the end of the season yeah I, I'd be they, they need to try and keep hold, hold him because I do think he's a big part of why yeah. they're doing so well this season and um, I said it months ago and you laughed at me about a Scotland call up but I, I think we could do a lot worse at this point in time um, a lot of people are injured <laughs> um, so, um, but we're not we're also we're not like kind of I think you, you kind of tagged me in a thing on Twitter um, yeah someone someone mentioned to me that Halkett should be in a Scotland yeah, yeah. Talk, um, to, talk to Neil about it just talk to Neil yeah, about it have you been like, setting up bogus accounts <laughs> <laughs> Russian trolls on Twitter yeah. like <laughs> Just um, spamming the SFA. Yeah. But the, the person in question, um, Vladimir, said that um, he's right that we're not, we're not, we're not got a kind of breadth of options in that position. And like Sabera, he's on the way out. Um, in term, he, he is older. Um, you hate Charlie Mulgrew, so why not give yeah. Halkett a shot? Well, that's true. Um, so <laughs> that's how you win me over. <laughs> Charlie, it's just like, Whitaker, Whitaker, Mulgrew, done. Um, so that, that would be mine. Um, Honourable mentions for for the two teammates as well, but okay, I do yeah. Think- I was going to say before we go to honourable mentions, mm-hmm. I just say like if I was going to give uh, James benefit out for you know Livy goalkeeper, I think Halkett undoubtedly has played such a huge part in Livy's yeah. X- XG mm-hmm. conceded ratio to goals. Um, he's like the cornerstone of that team. There's no doubt about it, is it? Yeah, um, I agree with that. And if if and if he's a cornerstone of arguably the most impressive defensive team in division, then arguably he's the best defender in mm-hmm. division, perhaps. So. I can't argue with Halkett, to be honest. And when it comes to the Scotland national team, I feel like it's a, it's only a matter of time. But I think when you said it last season, I was like, I'd like to see him get a full season under his belt. Yeah, yeah. And now, now I'm like, well, I want to see him at a better club. <laughs> I, I know it's, people ask such a circle, but I, don't, I know what you mean, though. You want to see, can he, because it's all that thing where, like, if you're under siege yeah. and you're on a team that that's where you have just to defend, yeah. if you're on a team where you've got to sw- maybe be, like, switched off for a bit because your team are attacking, that's mm-hmm. when you know you, you are a great defender. And um, Yeah, like, it's going to sound so horrible to Livingston, but, like, they are, it's, it's rather than just to kick it in a rosette every week for Living, I know that's not what he does, but, like, I'd like to see him in a Hearts or a Hibs or 
you know, come on. Well, come on, maybe not. Uh, yeah, where he's having to do more. Mm-hmm. He's having to mm-hmm. play out from the back, or he's having to play from a high line, mm-hmm. things like that. So he's like a genuine mm-hmm. all-round defender. Because the thing is, I think he shows he's got so much. But I think, as you say, he'd have to maybe play in a different team to prove that he's even more skills. I'm no doubt he does <laughs> because. <laughs> Because I'm just thinking, Liverpool fans are probably phone, throwing their phone at the window. Because I've basically said he's a good defender, but I'm not going to I'm not going to say he is until he leaves your club. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I don't endorse anything. I, I can't say a bad word about Craig Alcott. I'm too deep, um, but I do think he he's, he's the captain for a reason, um, and he he is so important in that in that back three being so so secure. But uh, yeah, he'd definitely be my, my pick at this point. But. I, th- I thought he was good when he was in the championship as well. I think yeah, he's, he just, he he's just been a good player, and it's I really I think there's something really satisfying about when players. I mean, obviously, like um, there's other players, uh, quite a lot of players in that Livingston team that have done it. It's just really satisfying to see a player that who was in League One or or the championship or both then be able to keep taking that step up and perform at a really good level and prove they're they're a Premiership player. Um, and I think Halka is maybe the best example of that. Do you know, like sometimes you see a team get promoted to the English Premier League, and they have like some Scottish player who left like three seasons ago from like Hamilton or someone, mm-hmm. and he's just slowly but quietly worked his way up the Premier League. Mm-hmm. English, I can totally imagine some like Halka being something like that, where he goes down south and he just totally proves himself at every yeah, level. Yeah. Or obviously mm-hmm. he does it in Scotland too, but guy's got a huge career ahead of him and he's, he's, he hasn't put a foot wrong so I can't fault him at all right before we wrap this up we get any honourable mentions in the defensive mm. department I've got one okay uh, Jason Kerr from St oh, Johnston okay. that was mine yeah <laughs> <laughs> just so um, yeah I just think you know obviously he's, I think he started off at right back really but now he's been playing centre back I don't think he's missed a game yet this season for St Johnston he's moved over for Ricky Foster yeah, as indeed. <laughs> Mikey Foster as well having a good season. Like, yeah, he's a good cross at the ball, best cross at the ball in the league. Yeah, it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, it doesn't. Oh, the haircut. I still have a haircut too. The haircut's fine. It's just like, I'm having a good season, I, and yeah. it's nothing like personal against him. It's just it's weird. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but um, yeah, like Jason Kerr. I mean, he's, he spent six months at Queen of the South last season, and that seems to have done him wonders. And then he came back. I think he played a wee bit, but then this season, I say he's not missed a game. He's one of the first names on the team sheet now at St Johnston, and again his stats have improved this year compared to last. He's one of the most, sort of most improved players in that regard, and again he's only twenty two, I think twenty one. Mm-hmm. Like he's pretty young anyway, but um, no, yeah, I think he's been great this season. Another part of that St Johnston team that obviously had a great run, mm-hmm. and yeah, another player I think definitely going places on the up. I've got like two or three half ones. Uh, I think Ambrose was amazing before he left Hibs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boyata has. Luke probably his best for Celtic <laughs> since he decided he was leaving. Uh, <laughs> that uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to mention Kerr. I maybe this is this is one I've just thrown out there, and I don't really feel too comfortable saying this because I don't think he's played enough to really prove it. But I think Barisic, who's really settled on the Rangers very quickly. Same with Devlin, actually, two of them, despite injuries, have actually both settled in very well. Rangers really miss Barisic when he doesn't when play. When they've played, yeah. yeah. But I don't know if Rangers miss Barisic when he doesn't play is because Flanagan's so poor or because Barisic is so good. Yeah. Um, but I think he's been really, he's been <coughs> one of their best signings. Well. Another one on that same thing, I think Max Lowe at Aberdeen, now that he's back, he's going to be a huge. I've, I've spoke to quite a lot of Aberdeen fans since he re signed and. Mm-hmm. It's a huge weight off their shoulders that they managed to get him back yeah, in. Because he doesn't have to play Andy Considine anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, exactly. But like he's been one of their best players this season. So Max Lowe as well, I'd say. I've got a couple. Mine would be Jimmy Dunn, who now is no longer at Hearts. Yeah. Uh, but I think with Bear injured and then Suter injured as well, he really, really stepped up. I mean, I wrote something a few months ago on him and 
his stats were great and uh, he was so important in them not completely kind of capitulating and falling apart. Um, and he's very he's a young player as well. Um, and I think a lot of Hearts fans were quite gutted they couldn't keep him for the rest of the season. But uh, another one would be Connor Goldson. Um, yeah, be a bit obvious, but I think out of all of the Rangers defenders, um, he's been the kind of mainstay. And again. His, his stats are good, but I think, again, it maybe comes down to that thing of influence. And I think Rangers are a better team when he's in that defence. And you would say he's probably the first one of the first names in that team sheet as well. Yep. Definitely the first-choice centre-back. Um, I had kind of high hopes for Cantage at the start of the season. I think he's still a bit raw, and I still don't think uh, people should give up on him yet. I think he should still be a good player for Rangers, because he's young and he's got a lot of talent, and he's particularly good in the air. Um, Warrell... Hot and cold. I don't know why Katic doesn't play over more of Yeah, I mean, McCauley is good, but it's just like, again, he's obviously a lot older. So, um, Are you naming every Rangers player here? Is your no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> comparing it to Goldson. Uh, <laughs> and uh, David Bates got a bit of But yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that's, that's me, um, unless I've forgotten anybody from my box. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of anyone else. There probably are plenty of ones that we've missed out on. No Kilmarnock players, interestingly. Mm, I guess, yeah, fin- Finlay's had a decent season. Yeah, but he's got a great goal in the Scottish Cup of the weekend there. He did. Um, but maybe you'll find some Kilmarnock players in next week's episode. <laughs> oh, what a cliffhanger. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, well, if you want to listen to us or any podcast in the future, or even go back and listen to older podcasts, if you really, really like the podcast, uh, you can go into Audio Boom if you're an Android user. You can head over to iTunes if you're an Apple user. And if you don't like either of those for some bizarre reason, you can head over to Spotify and listen to us. But please do... It follows in Spotify, leave some reviews, uh, rate us on iTunes, we really do appreciate it. And also, if you think anybody might want to listen to something a wee bit new or just want another Scottish football podcast in their weekly diet, then uh, yeah, just kind of like, tell, tell, tell them about us. Uh, yeah, great, <laughs> forgot how to speak there. Um, but yeah, that's the kind of everything we'll be, we sorted, we'll be done. We're done, and next week we'll be doing midfielders and forwards. Right, brilliant. Okay, can't wait to name all of Rangers forwards, apparently, (laughs) because that's what I'm doing. Uh, Yeah, we'll see you next week for another episode of the 2.1 cast.